0: Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is a Hearts and Hands Podcast. Season two, episode thirty, we continue our conversation with Brandon Steenbach about major life decisions. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host Tim Babbler and Tim. Drew, I know our audience has been on the edge of their seat for, since last week, just waiting to hear the end of this conversation. So let's get to it. Yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about the call process, as you know, frustrating as it can be at times, but like when it's at its best, you're you're getting to choose between two good options. Like, yeah. you, like God can bless you if you stay, God can bless you if you go, uh, and that's just a really cool thing. But it did make me think, uh, Tim, of your most recent call situation that was kind of a little bit different than most people's, because most people are like, am I going to teach at this school or teach at that school? Am I going to be a pastor here or a pastor there? But, Tim, you had the opportunity to consider whether you were going to continue being a teacher or to make a fairly major pivot to be a staff minister of of music and youth education. So what was that process like as far as as your decision-making went?
1: Yeah, and I'll actually take a step back because the call that I had to serve here at St. Mark was not the first opportunity I had to serve the church in that way. A year before I had a call— that was to a church in Falls Church, Virginia, which is in the DC metro area. Mm-hmm. And I I was going through the same process and I realized when I was going through that call where it's like I can serve the church full time and I was really excited about it. But I really felt like God needed me to stay where I was just for, you know, so at least a period of time longer. I didn't know obviously at that point in time that within the next year I was gonna receive another call to be a staff minister to be a you know youth and, and worship coordinator director these sorts of things and man it was it was crazy like seeing the difference from one year to the next with getting those two calls back to back and when i accepted the call or when i when i when i returned the first call i basically like was saying i'm re my call to serve as a teacher i'm rededicating myself to this ministry and doing my best i can to continually improve to be the best in my specific position that I can be. And I thought that I accomplished that. And then when I got this this call to serve again in youth and worship, I'm just like, God's telling me something here that this is not going away. So <laughs> I have this opportunity right now. And the, the I mean, God has blessed my decision. Obviously, would, would I still be happy if I was teaching down in Doral? Probably. But at the same time, God has given me this opportunity now to expand my horizons. And again, like as Brandon said, don't don't ignore your passions because I honestly never realized that what I'd be doing now would even ever be a possibility for my life. I... Knew that I could teach, and I was good at teaching, and I'm really good at relationships. So the kids loved having me in class, and they like were begging to be in my homeroom. And for me, that was rewarding, and I loved building those relationships with their families as well, um, the parents. Like we we just had such a good rapport that it was a difficult decision to leave. I, I broke a lot of kids' hearts when they weren't going to be able to be in my classroom <laughs> next year because they were really excited about. It. I'm, I'm going to be honest.
2: I, I believe that. I believe that definitely.
1: But but then I could still see like. Was it hard to leave? Yes. But is God blessing me way more than I deserve? And I'm continuing to see new opportunities and new ways of connecting with people. And I now have a whole new church family. I still have all these great people that I know from Florida, but I have another church family now. And God is continuing to broaden my horizons and expand my viewpoint. Who knows what's coming next for me? I don't know, but it's, it's a leap of faith. Like, when you first asked that question, Drew, I was thinking the same thing that Brandon said. Like, how do you know? You don't. You have no clue. <laughs> but but it's trust. And it's understanding that if it's the Lord's will, God will continually bless you. And it's yeah. not because you do something. It's not because you give something or have a certain amount of faith. It's because he's just that good.
2: Yeah. You know, it's something that, that has just come to mind Tim, as you were talking about, the fact that you don't know is, you know, what you also don't know is what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, you might think, like, if I don't make this decision, then everything about my life will stay the same and it'll just be stable and good. You know, my security blanket will be there for me. But but you don't actually know that, right? Like, I, I'm imagining somebody who, uh, you know, is wrestling with the idea of making this pivot back in March and is thinking, you know, boy, I wonder if I should take a leap of faith and go and start something new or if I should just stick with my career because it's a stable job and I've got a steady income. Everything's (laughs) going to be fine. You know, and decided to discount the idea of making a pivot and then a week later got handed their notice that they were being furloughed, laid off or terminated because of COVID, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. So don't think that that choosing not to make the decision to make a big change means that nothing will change, right, because you don't know what God has in store for you, for the world, and for your immediate situation. Uh, It kind of reminds me a little bit of hopefully this isn't like don't make this connection too tightly, but you know, there's that parable that Jesus tells of the rich young, the foolish young rich man who, who sort of builds these big barns and is like, now I'm fine. Now everything's great. And then God says to him, you fool tonight, your life will be claimed from you. Um, you know, you, you can sit and you can think that your security is in the situation you've built for yourself and God could have a completely different idea for you. So, um, rather just say, you know what, if, if this feels like the right decision to make, maybe I should do it regardless of whether or not it feels like a big leap of faith and just trust that God has got this. You know, I remember when I uh, made the decision to take the call to St. Mark and, uh, it was the first time I had taken a call away from, I'd, I'd had another call about a year before that. And it just was not, uh, the timing was not good. Um, uh, the, the, the kind of the situation didn't didn't feel like the right uh, call to take so i was okay just you know not not going that direction but <clears throat> I, I you know when i sat down i i actually wrote two letters i wrote a letter uh, both to my congregation one letter saying i'm staying and one letter saying i'm going and i wanted to write those letters so that i could sit and think and pray over them and say which one you know which one seems like the right thing now after kind of thinking this through taking in all the information exploring all the options and really wrestling with it which one seems right and what i ended up feeling like was the decision to stay the one that that you know, said yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna return this call and stay in new ulm it felt emotionally easier i, I won't lie i was like oh well, yeah that's relieving but it just didn't feel right. Like it felt like I, I don't know if I should make the easy choice here. And then the, the one that, that said I'm going to take this call, I'm going to leave and and goodbye, uh, it hurt. Oh, man, it was like tearing out my own guts, you know. Like because I had made friends and I loved the people. I loved the place. I loved so much about the people that I, that I served with and all that. I was like, oh, man, this hurts so much. I was just bawling as I read it through. But it felt like the right thing, you know. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I knew deep down that that's the direction that I was going to go, um, and so there was almost something, something uh, uh, good about that hurt, because it wouldn't have hurt that way if it wasn't the right choice. In some, way, in, a, in a weird way, in my head. So, yeah, I, I think you can't be afraid of the, the, the hurt that it might bring to have to make that choice, but. You know, sometimes you just have to embrace the difficult, to embrace the challenge, embrace the adventure, and even, yes, embrace the hurt of it. Yeah.
0: One one other thing I was curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that, Brandon, you've already sort of touched on is the role of, like, friends or mentors or counselors as far as your decision making goes, like Brandon, you mentioned talking to a professor about your whole marriage decision, and Tim, I I know when you were in your call process, you sought advice because you called me, um, but, but I did. yeah. But just w- what do you guys feel is is the role or the importance of of seeking advice throughout a process like this?
1: If I could jump in, I would simply say that there are people who know me better than I know myself. And there are times when you're saying, I'm going to look for the uh, opinion of an outsider now. Um, Not someone who's tied to either decision that needs to be made, but someone who is my friend and someone who has maybe been through a similar situation in their life, like a trusted mentor, you would say. Um, Someone you look up to. I, I had multiple people that I called and reached out to, and they were just very blunt with me. And they're like, you know, what, what is the best for you? Where do you feel like God is leading you? And it's people that I may talk to on a regular basis. For example, Drew, we talk weekly, but there are some people that I only talk to once a year maybe, and I still would reach out to them. That one person is uh, Pastor James Buskey, who is the director of Lighthouse Youth Centers in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was my pastor for a couple of years out in Washington when I was in the formative years of my life as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And he, I had such a, a deep respect for him that he's a person that I talk to a couple times a year when I'm at an uh, event that's supporting Lighthouse Youth Centers or something to that nature, um, or if he's at my brother's house in Grafton and I'm visiting with them or whatever. But I can call him and he's the kind of guy who's like, because of his strengths and, and he's very direct and to the point. And I think it's important to talk to people of different perspectives because you're going to hear different things from different people and obviously when you're making a big decision there are people that are going to want you to make one decision and people that are going to want you to make another so it's it's important to for me also to have an unbiased
2: opinion yeah yeah that's some good advice i also think it's important like that you you choose somebody who you know to have a certain level of wisdom and not uh, you know, don't go, don't go for advice to your friend who can't keep his own life together. Is <laughs> sort of even if he's a really good friend, even if you really like him, like you might have a friend who you're like, man, I talk to this guy all the time and I, you know, he's one of my best friends, but he does not have his life together. And so that's not the guy that you're going to listen to when it comes to giving you advice about a big life change, you know? Um, Find people that you know to be full of wisdom. Find people that you know uh, to have their act together because they're going to be able to ask those good questions and be able to help you kind of sort through the the more difficult things. Um, maybe talk to some people that you don't, like you said, Tim, that you don't talk to on on a, on a really regular basis. Uh, but who because they're detached enough that they're they don't have a, a horse in the race in a sense you know um, somebody who you can say I just need you to be completely objective with me about this but you do need to listen to those people because they they're going to be the ones who are going to be able to help you um, you know ask the questions that you're not going to ask yourself or that you're too afraid to ask yourself uh, they're going to be the ones who also are going to uh, be able to kind of help you help you identify the difference between an emotional reaction and a logical reaction to to a question that you're asking. Um, so definitely want to to get that advice. But you know, in, in the end too, you you I kind of go back to my professor who said, you know, do you want me to make? Are you looking for me to make this decision for you? Uh, don't don't let uh, your desire for input and advice kind of overwhelm the fact that it is still your decision to make. Okay. And and don't get paralyzed by the idea that well, this person's saying this and that person's saying that and they're contradictory thoughts, and so I don't know what to do. Okay, then make a choice. Like that's <laughs> that just really just says it's not. It's not up to them. It's up to you to make this choice. Trust their advice. Listen to it. Lean on it. But in the end, don't don't make it uh, the thing that decides for you. Yeah, that's really good. And
0: I think it's it's a a beautiful blessing that we all have, having gone to MLC. That like I think we could all point to one or two professors that like if we wanted to you know even decades after we've graduated to to you know look to them for even just a small amount of advice or guidance mm-hmm. we i think we could all point to we probably point to the same guy but we won't name him <laughs> but like i i think that's a really cool thing uh about just the wells that like we have that built in at least for us that have gone through that system
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and uh, I, I think that the fact that all of those men are full of wisdom and the spirit—that's a big part of it—is um, you know maybe that's just one other piece of advice. Is if you're listening to this podcast, I, I would hope that anybody that you would go to for advice would be somebody who has a, a faith perspective um, that's looking at this as a Jesus follower and knowing you as a Jesus follower. But you know, if that's not the case don't make any big life decisions without some Jesus follower in your life giving, speaking into you, you know, yeah. um, I, that may feel like it needs to go, you know, that it goes without saying, but maybe it does need to be said. Just make sure that the advice you're getting is advice that comes from a pers- perspective of scripture. Uh, at the very least, have some advice that's coming from that perspective. So talk to your pastor, talk to a Christian friend, talk to somebody in your small group um, or somebody at your church. Make sure that there is somebody who is going to point you to the bigger picture of what is best for the kingdom because no matter what you're doing in life, you play a role in the kingdom. So whatever your pivot is, whether you know it's pivoting toward uh, something that's more ministry-related, less ministry-related, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, it's it's important work for the kingdom. So make sure that you have people in the kingdom who are advising you.
0: I also, I like what you just brought up. And I think it's an important point to note. You talked about a pivot being like more ministry related or less ministry related that like, I think that's sometimes hard for people like that, have been considering you know having a life in ministry to pivot away from it because, in some ways, it feels like inferior or something like that, and that's not uh, true. Yeah. Like that, you know, you can serve God in any vocation, it does, and not everyone is called to full time ministry. Um, so I think that's that can be one of the hardest pivots for people is to just make up their mind, you know, maybe this isn't for me, maybe God. Is calling me to do something else?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's it is part of our great commission that we uh, lead people to Jesus and we we share the word, we spread the gospel. But Jesus doesn't say do that by being in full time ministry. Um, it's there is a role that He's given to some people to serve the church on behalf of the church. Uh, you know, as people who work with the word full time. That's that's. A role in his kingdom. But I always think of it this way when he comes back and and he you know establishes his kingdom for eternity, like we're not gonna need pastors and <laughs> you know people to do ministry in the church because everybody's gonna be doing that. So really if you think about it in this in that sense, like the 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 work of the kingdom is gonna be a lot of other things besides what those of us who are in full time ministry are doing. And those are those are an important part of being in the kingdom. We absolutely need Christians in the medical field. We need Christians in the 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 math fields, you know, the actuary field, (laughs) whatever you call financial world. We need Christians in real estate. We need Christians uh, driving our garbage trucks around. We need Christians. I I knew one guy who he was a he was a garbage collector, and he made it his goal and his ministry to like be so open about his faith in the way that he did his work. That everybody around him knew it. And so even people on his route knew he's the Christian garbage collector. That was how he was known in the neighborhoods as, you know, oh, does the Christian garbage collector come to your house? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I think. But, I mean, if you think about that for a second, like that's that's a distinction, right? And people were paying attention to how he lived his life as a result of that. We need that. We need everybody to be doing that kind of thing so that whatever field you're in, christ is shining through you and um you know the work that you're doing then is a a work of service to to the people around you but it's really a work of service to your lord
1: i think that people if they are having a first time considering a call should listen to these episodes that's all i gotta say
2: oh there you go
0: well thanks again brandon for taking the time we really appreciate it well i just enjoy talking to
2: you glad to be here guys
0: that wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have questions, you want answers to people you'd like to hear from, or you are an artist that has just finished up something new and cool and want to talk about it, feel free to reach out to us at hearts and podcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells creatives.
1: And if you're interested in supporting this podcast financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash hearts and We have different levels of giving there that will help us cover hosting fees and uh, continue to provide great content for you and get these, uh, episodes up and running.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.